How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Listening to me, I'm Leslie Marshall. Good afternoon and welcome or welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of Four and by you, the people. Hey, we're live on the radio nationwide. We're streaming live throughout the world on the World Wide Web. Check it out, LeslieMarshallShow.com forward slash stream. Keep in mind, we stream live when we broadcast live Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. In this hour, just you, just me. Your opinions, your comments, your questions, your concerns. After all, it is your talk show. So pick up the phone and join me, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. I see Twitter people are already going crazy posting. You can add to the tweets. Follow me there, at Leslie Marshall. Share your tweets. You can also email me or send me a Facebook message as well. I was listening, and I've shared with you and ripped from the headlines, I think. But I was listening about the numbers of refugees that are being taken in by nations in the EU. One of the countries is Germany. And Angela Merkel has requested thousands of refugees to get into Germany. And one of the reasons is, I don't know if you know this, they have a population problem in Germany, but opposite some places, like Calcutta, where they're overpopulated, they're underpopulated. See, a lot of families in Germany that used to have big families started to have one child. And Germany has a much older population, so that population's dying off. They actually need an influx of immigrants to help their economy. And so she's welcoming the refugees from Syria, Iraq, and other places with open arms. And by the way, so are most of the German citizens. Of course, you have those neo-Nazis, you know, or who hate immigrants and don't in their situation have a reality check with what is needed because they have a population problem and that's going to lead to a huge economic problem uh, for that country. So it's a numbers game and she needs more bodies and bodies come in the form of immigrants of which these certainly these refugees are and they have a need. But then there are countries where refugees already are. Now, I know there are going to be those of you who say, well, the Middle East should take refugees. Well, they have. (laughs) And some of those countries have so many refugees. And one of the problems is many countries have refugees set up in refugee camps and they provide, you know, health care or, you know, medical care and they provide food and water, but they don't have jobs or they will not permit them 
to work within their borders. So in other words, it's like, we'll put you up in this camp because, you know, we don't want you to have to go back to Syria. We don't want you to be one of those fish being shot at in a barrel by your own leader or by ISIS. But at the same time, we just can't have you sucking off of the economy that we have because we barely have enough jobs for our own citizens. So that's what some countries have done. They set up refugee camps but won't let the refugees work within those borders, which puts a person in a very bad predicament and also puts a country in a bad predicament because you're not teaching the person to fish. You're giving them a fish, and you're not providing the job in the fishing industry. And then there are other countries like we, the United States. Our neighbor to the north, Canada, is going to take thousands of refugees in. Originally... The United States was going to take 8,000, and that has now been increased. And these numbers, by the way, are spread out over the year. Here's the latest on what's happening with us here in the United States with regard to these refugees. Now, these are specifically from Syria, although there are refugees from Iraq and other countries out there who are spilling into the EU, some of them just trying to go through one country uh, to get to another. President Obama, under increasing pressure, to demonstrate that we are joining our allies in the EU, those nations within the European Union, in the effort to resettle the Syrian refugees, told his administration to take in at least 10,000 displaced Syrians, and that would be over the next year. Today, the White House, there was a briefing, and Press Secretary Josh Earnest said the U.S. would accept at least 10,000 refugees in the next fiscal year. The fiscal year begins in a few weeks, October 1st. Earlier, Secretary of State John Kerry said that at a closed-door meeting on Capitol Hill that the total number of refugees in the United States that could be taken here by the United States could be taken by the United States could rise to more than 100,000. Now, originally we were going to take in 8,000 over the next year, and it would be a sliding scale up to, they believe, 70,000 over years. Now that number is up to 100,000. Now, if you're a real Trump supporter and you hate immigrants, and these people would not be coming in illegally, by the way, um, you're going to have a real problem with this. If you're a white guy who is pooing in your pants over the fact that you will not be part of the majority in 2054, you are going to have a big problem with this. And because that could make that, that dynamic and that demographic change and quicker. State Department officials said not all of the additional 30,000 would be Syrians, but many would be. Josh Ernest said members of Congress misunderstood the Secretary of State when he said the number of refugees could rise to the number of 100,000 high over next, by next year. Uh, he, he emphasized that there was no intention of relaxing significant and lengthy criminal and terrorist background vetting procedures that will be demanded of all applicants, including every refugee applicant. This is an expensive process. It also can take 18 to 24 months to complete, so it can take up to two years. He said, quote, to scale up to a degree that some members of Congress have in mind would have some significant fiscal consequences. Now, we have offered, we the United States, expedited resettlement in the past to refugees from the Vietnam War and the Iraqi War. And Josh Ernest said that Syrian refugees would not get similar treatment. You know, we have not, although Iraq, we invaded that sovereign nation. And many would say what's happening in both Syria and Iraq is because of the invasion of that sovereign nation. 
But again, then again, our troops were on the ground in Vietnam. Our troops were on the ground in Iraq. Uh, we offered the expedited resettlement to refugees of those wars, but now we're not in war with Syria. We're no longer on the ground in Iraq, or there are some, very few, compared to the numbers we had. But they said the president would not sign off on a process that cuts corners on security guarantees for the U.S. And I think we'd all agree that even if you have an expedited resettlement process, as we did for Vietnam and we did for Iraqi uh, refugees, you can't cut corners. Nobody should ever sign off on cutting corners. Germany, by the way, you want to know numbers? Okay, remember I told you they have a population problem and they need immigrants for their economy? Germany has taken, any of my crew want to guess? Or maybe you've read the materials. Uh, any of my crew want to guess? Steve, uh, sitting in for Mark today, or Andrew, you guys want to just take a, a stab in the dark how many refugees Germany is, is going to take in, approximately? 300,000. I have no idea. That's a good guess. Andrew, do you know? If you know the answer, don't say it, because then <laughs> I, I, I think I know the answer, so uh, I'm going to default to Steve on this one. I'll uh, say 300,000 as well. 800,000. Wow. Eight. Hundred thousand. Germany has talked about taking an upward of eight hundred thousand. Venezuela is going to take twenty thousand. Now, just look at the size of Germany compared to us. Eight hundred thousand. This is how bad their population and future economic pros, uh, prospects are uh, without people. If you don't have, it, look be, seriously. If you don't have people to be police, if you don't have people to clean the streets, if you don't have people to work for your, you know, water supply, building bridges, making roads, if you don't have people, <laughs> you will not have an economy. And Angela Merkel is greatly aware of this and has numerous uh, number crunchers telling her what the number is. And Germany has said they could take an upward of 800,000. That, that, that's could go higher. Venezuela, 20,000 refugees. So the comparison, I just want to give you those numbers because by comparison, the United States saying, look, we'll take 10,000, okay, at least. Germany's talking 80, 800, excuse me, 800,000. Venezuela, 20,000. And look again at the size of those countries. That's the population of Columbus, Ohio, 800,000 people. Okay, th thank you, thank you. That's excellent. Co population of Columbus, Ohio. That's what Germany's taking. Uh, uh, but uh, he also said, uh, Ernst said that, uh, Ernst said the, gov the German government people are demonstra demonstrating tremendous generosity and hospitality, but it's also a need. It's also a need. I was looking, listening to this whole thing on Germany yesterday and how their population is dying. It is dying at a very fast rate. They are underpopulated, and they will face a problem being underpopulated uh, with um, – the ability to fill jobs, and, and especially uh, a lot of those blue-collar jobs. So what they want is they want immigrants, and they will have them. Uh, so the American effort would be relatively small compared to these other countries. Now, asked whether Ernest would use the same adjectives to describe the United States, and the adjectives he used were demonstrating tremendous generosity and hospitality. Think about our size. Now, I know there are some of you that say, oh, my God, but there are no jobs. Oh, my God, the stupid, prejudicial, bigoted people out there on Facebook who are like, we're going to bring in Syrian refugees, and these men are going to become terrorists. Oh, please, seriously, seriously. Do the math on 1.6 billion Muslims throughout the world and how many of those are terrorists. I think enough terrorists, enough white guys, crazy guys walking into movie theaters and churches and blowing people and then themselves and sometimes not themselves away. Please do your own numbers.
But we do have amounts of the United States. We have places in the United States that are very populated. It would seem overly populated. We walk down the street. New York City is a perfect example of that. L.A. on the freeways is an example of that. But we have a lot of land in places like Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, I know all those of you, those of you out there in those states are going to kill me and say, we like it that way, Leslie. There's a rig reason we call it Big Sky Montana. We want the big sky. We want the big land. But we have the room, don't we? I mean, we have the room to demonstrate tremendous generosity and hospitality. Many of you say we don't have the money. Do we? Don't we? Anyway, when asked uh, if he would use those same adjectives to describe the United States, he said, quote, the challenge that is facing Germany right now is different than the challenge we're facing. And that is correct. That is actually correct. Uh, An easy way to dodge the bullet with the answer, but that is correct. So we have a lot of questions, and I want to hear your answers. Let's get to it. 888-6-Leslie, 888-653-7543-1. Who should take in these refugees from these Middle Eastern countries like Syria and Iraq? Whose responsibility is it? Is this a worldwide problem that needs worldwide attention? 888-6-Leslie, 888-653-7543. Now, the U.S. says they're going to take in at least 10,000. How many refugees should the United States take? Uh, Like I said, now it is at least 10. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And is taking 10,000 refugees enough? Look at the size of the United States. Aren't we big enough to help more? Germany, 800,000. Venezuela, 20,000. Is 10,000 too little, too much, just enough? Your thoughts, your opinion. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, there are many of you who are xenophobic, even if you don't know what the word means or don't want to admit it. Fear of foreigners. So... What is your fear with Syrian refugees or Iraqi refugees? These would be mostly Syrians coming into this country. Are you fearful of more immigrants? If so, why? Are you fearful to take your jobs? Are you fearful of overcrowding? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Some people have said it is immoral for the U.S. to take in more Syrian refugees. But some people say it's immoral for us not to. Where do you stand? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, are you concerned with the length of time that these refugees could remain in the United States? Should there be a time frame? Should this be a vacation instead of a relocation? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, John Kerry had said it could be up to 100,000 the United States would take in, and of course they would go through the same process that could take up to two years. What's your take on that? Is this too many overall over years in the future? Why or why not? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, the current situation we have in this country is we have over 11 un- million undocumented immigrants. We don't have an immigration, comprehensive immigration uh, resolution or piece of legislation. We don't have a pathway to citizenship. And a lot of people would say that our current laws aren't being enforced, and when they are, we're failing. So, should we be taking in more refugees when we're having a problem with undocumented workers who came here illegally already? Or or should the refugees suffer for the sins of those who came here illegally? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, will these Syrian refugees eventually become naturalized American citizens? And is that a good or a bad thing? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, if we look at this entire conflict in Syria, folks, 
the United States has only taken in 1,300 refugees. Does this number shock you? Should we be taking more? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Hillary Clinton called for us to take more and provide more aid to the Middle East. Agree or disagree? Scott Walker said we shouldn't be letting, quote, terrorists in our country. Speaking of bigoted prejudicial remarks, I posted online on Facebook and Twitter the picture of a little boy, three years of age, who had drowned and washed up on shore in Turkey. That picture went viral throughout the world. Is that little boy a terrorist? Shame on you, Scott Walker. Shame on you. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll come back to your calls, your tweets. Call me at 888-6-LESLIE. Tweet me. Follow me there at Leslie, at Leslie Marshall. Back after this. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. 888-6-LESLIE. Take in at least 10,000 Syrian refugees. Is this number too low, too high? What is your take on the refugee crisis and the thousands? Germany is going to take 800,000. How many should the United States take? And what is your fear about these people, these refugees coming to the United States? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. We were going to go to Maria, but she dropped out. Maria, give us a buzz back. We go to Sarah in my home state of Massachusetts on line one. Sarah, good afternoon. Hi. Um, I have two things to say about the Syrian refugee crisis. Um, first of all, I haven't heard anything about, like, if there's any attempts to, like, for instance, if they got relatives in, you know, a certain country in Europe or in the United States, who she placed with their relatives, or whether they're going to be, like, if they have competency in a second language placed in the country whose language they actually speak or anything like that. Um, you know, if that's happening well, people at all? Aren't, people aren't placed, ba- people are never placed based uh, on language. People can obtain visas to certain countries, this one included, because they have a uh, family uh, or they have a job, uh, some kind of anchor, you know, if you will. Um, but most of these people are fleeing uh, to the EU mostly because some people say, well, why don't they go uh, to some of the, you know, other countries or countries where, you know, that speak Arabic? Uh, one of the reasons is ge- geography. I-, I mean, you have to remember these people are walking. Um, these people are going uh, from cars. These people are going from boats. Uh, so they're going to the first available port or the first available border. And for many of those people, you know, like in Northern Africa, that's Italy or, you know, some of these other countries. Those are other entrances to the EU. Sarah, hang on. Kind of come right back to you so we can continue to talk about this. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join us. How many refugees should the United States take? We are being told by the president and his administration today it will be at least 10,000. Too much, too little. What's your take? More with Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. And we're back on Leslie Marshall. Keep in mind that GEICO has been saving people money for over 75 years. 
We are talking about the Syrian refugees. The United States will take at least 10,000. We've heard from not just Secretary of State Kerry, but our president. Uh, We are hearing from other countries like Germany. They're going to take 800,000. How many should we take? How many is too many? We were talking with Sarah, Massachusetts, line one before the break. Sarah, thank you for holding and welcome back. Now, you were talking about sending them somewhere where they speak the language, but they're not being sent. You have to remember they're escaping. Uh, And they're escaping and they're going to countries such as Germany because right now Germany has the doors open. It has the financial means. It is offering this. uh, And they also have jobs and housing uh, that will be available uh, to them. So that's why so many of them are trying to get to Germany because they're being welcomed with uh, open arms there in the EU. And they're often going to other countries to get through those countries to go to uh, Germany, like Hungary, uh, as examples. Hello? Yes. Well, um, I just want to say something else also about in America, the vetting process for these refugees. Um, you said like 18 to 24 months. They should definitely expedite it. Um, I visited one of those immigrant detention centers for people seeking asylum over in New Jersey. It is basically a jail. Basically, they are treated exactly like prison inmates. And, you know, people are fleeing like, you know, being killed, raped, you know, forced in slavery to get over here, they should not have to spend like two years in jail because somebody thinks, oh, my God, what if they're a terrorist? Like if we did that to a citizen, we'd say that that was unconstitutional. Well, you know, a lot of us don't remember. Uh, I certainly don't. I wasn't here. I wasn't born yet. But right now, these are people that, especially those if we're talking about Syria, because those are the refugees in the country we're talking about here in the United States. These people are risking their lives to escape war and to escape death. In Syria, most of Europe has struggled to deal with their masses. Uh, this is a humanitarian call, and this is a magnitude of a humanitarian call not seen since World War II. When we, the United States, along with the rest of the world, at a certain point, returned our backs on and refused to take in Jews, and those people, most of them, ended up dying in concentration camps and bodies were burned in ovens. And I don't want that again. We need to learn uh, from from history. Um and, and, and I think that the world, the United States included as a part of the world, has a responsibility to answer that call to this humanitarian crisis. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Good comments, good questions. Appreciate the call from my home state there in Mass, and I hope you'll call again. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Richard in California, your phone keeps going out, buddy. Uh, there on line two, and Maria in Massachusetts also uh, give us a buzz back. I know you can go through cell phone hell. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. You know, a lot of times we talk about uh, Twitter and we talk about uh, tweeting. And uh, some of you will say, Leslie, you talk about Twitter, you give out, you know, your Twitter handle, I tweeted, you didn't mention it, so le- or email, so let me do some of uh, that. Um, Puck Roger tweets, we have the lowest workforce participation during the, uh, the record, or on record, I think he says, why should we take on more refugees and who vetted them? Well, first of all, we would be vetting the refugees. And um, no, we don't have, I don't know where you're getting that number or anything. Please, folks, if you're going to cite things, don't cite them out of your butt. Provide a link. Uh, we do not have the uh, lowest workforce particip- participation. Uh, Brad, uh, did you know that refugees can become citizens when the United States for five years, they are not illegal aliens? Yes, I do. That's what I said. They are coming here legally. If you come here as a refugee, um, you are not coming through the back door. 
And part of the process is that you can eventually become a U.S. citizen. That is the same as many of our ancestors who fled maybe Ireland during the famine, who fled Italy because of starvation and lack of jobs, or who fled other places in the world due to uh, prejudice. Uh, you know, I mean, that, that, that's, that's the, the reality. Um, Keith said it's wrong to take any. I think it's wrong not to. Uh, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Let's go to Jim in Vegas. Uh, Jim, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Leslie. This is Jim in the swimming pool. Hey, hey Jim in the swimming pool. Long time no talk. Good to have you with us. Good, good, good. Hey, um, I recently went to a seminar at UNLV about climate change. And one of my questions were about they always talk bad about climate change. Uh, what about the good things about moving so you can have farms further north and all? But the point was the, the scientists were talking about moving millions of people or hundreds of people and in uh, Alaska right now where the permafrost is melting, and they're moving uh, communities of Eskimos with 900, 1,000 people, and how difficult it is to get them to assimilate. You have to get a climate and an area which is similar to what they used to, so they're the same kind of jobs where they fish and they whale and uh, whatever things their, their um, ancestors used to do. And they were talking about moving a city like New Orleans with millions of people because of the, the rise in water and trying to move a lot of people like Syria to different areas is a huge, huge thing between the language barrier and the job capabilities and keeping families together, keeping their their um, uh, their customs together. It's a very difficult thing. Okay. Um, I, I agree it's difficult, and I think perhaps that's the reason the United States is only asking to have uh, 10,000 come in. I don't disagree. I mean, this is an expensive task. This is an arduous task. But I think it's a task the United States ha- – we know we, we've done it before – and we know that we can do it, and I think that we should. Well, I agree with you. I think the United States should take more people because we're able to. But um, I was just, just stating a little point there. But Yeah, no, no, no. I, I understand. And you're talking about American citizens who have trouble assimilating who are already, you know, part of this country, uh, but not, it, not, not, not assimilated into uh, the um, – Full Western and uh, technologically advanced ways of our country currently. Right. Good point. Good point, Jim. Well, Anything else? But but you're so right about all the open land that's all you know around Nevada here. Oh, wow, you can fit thousands of people, millions. Anyway, thanks, Leslie. All right, thank you, thank you, our pool man. Uh, thank you for the call. Let's go to Jack in Toledo, Ohio, on line two. Hey, Jack. Good afternoon. Hey, Leslie. How are you doing? Good. Uh I have real mixed feelings about the whole Syrian immigration situation. I think from a Christian standpoint, we should open the doors to people who are obviously under assault in their own home country. At the same time, I think that with what's being reported as happening in Saudi Arabia, the UAE, uh, and all in Kuwait, and some of the other nations in the area not taking in any. No, I agree with you 100% there. And and let's let's give the breakdown so people understand. Uh, When you look at the Persian Gulf nations, Kuwait, Bahrain, uh, the UAE, uh, they have significant money. 
Um, they also have significant money and political interest in Syria, and I think we know that's one of the reasons they're writing a check, and that's what they said. They've written uh, a check. Uh, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Bahrain, Qatar, Oman, and the UAE say, look, we've given millions of dollars to the UN to help the refugees. They've given more than $530 million together in a relief aid, um, and they said that Syrians have entered their states and they've stayed on visas, but there's there's just no comparison when you look at other countries. Uh, those countries are much wealthier than Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan that have accepted yeah, thousands of refugees. I don't think that we, we have the, the uh, economic conditions here in the United States to absorb more immigrants right now when the workforce participation rate's down at 62.5%. It's probably going to drop below 62% in January. We've got persistent unemployment. There's probably about 9 million people who aren't being counted as unemployed right now and because they don't have any benefits and they haven't had any jobs in a while. I just think that there are too many issues here, and the, the one that is glaringly present is how many of these people are coming in are actually coming in as involved with ISIS or ISIL. I mean, we don't know. There, there might be none. We don't know how many people in the United States are involved with ISIS or ISIL. Right, but the question is, if you've got uh, an area in the country, uh, the, the world that's the hotbed for ISIS, and you've got all these people evacuating, how many are going to come in to how many different areas, and how are we going to vet them? How are we going to keep track of them? We can't keep track of the Dreamer kids that came across. We're, we're not doing a good job as it is with immigration right now. So why would we bring in something else that is going to be that much more difficult to monitor, especially as we're getting ready to celebrate 9-11 tomorrow? I mean, this is all just... Well, first first of all, let, let's, let, let, wait, wait, let's take a breath, okay? None of the hijackers were from Syria, okay, on 9-11, um, first of all. Second of all, there are many in the world and many in this country who believe that the United States and our actions invading the sovereign nation of Iraq and executing Saddam Hussein led to the creation of ISIS. And that ISIS is not just in Iraq and, and Syria, basically that we put that, that ball in play. We put that ball in motion. One. Two. How do you stand there like King Kong on the top of the Chrysler building, bang your chest, and point your finger in judgment at other nations like China, North Korea, whoever, for even Iran, okay, for human rights abuses. And, and we have a humanitarian crisis and we don't want to play. We don't want to be involved. And additionally, you know, I, I think we need to do a hell of a lot more than just take in refugees. You don't just take in refugees and wait till the next beheading to address ISIS. The United States, along with the international community, has to do something to stop it. They have to. Do, we have to do. We have to intervene in Syria. I believe because we there wouldn't be this mass exodus if there was an intervention from the international community with regard to ISIS and with regard to uh, Bashar Assad. But we'll do, hang on, hang on. Gotta take a break. Come right back to you. Come back, right back to you to give you your time. Don't go away. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Hang tight. Talking about Syrian refugees, the United States will take in at least 10,000. Some people don't like that idea. And we want to know about you. 888-6-LESLIE. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. 
We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Let's get back to the calls. We were talking with Jack in Toledo, Ohio, line two. Jack says he doesn't think we should take them in. We have enough problems of our own talking about employment and unemployment and jobs and you know, opportunities. And, you know, he also had mentioned uh, September uh, 11th. Um, Jack, I, I got to say, you know, I'm not necessarily going to Vegas with this, but right. somebody who was – ISIS makes millions of dollars a day. The people fleeing, even if you just look at them, they're they're starving and they're they're terrified and they're running for their for their lives. Not just because of the conflict in Syria, the the war, which for many uh, they're being shot at like fish in a barrel by their own president and the military who are under his command, uh, but also that uh, they they have to live in fear of ISIS or live under the rules. Of ISIS, and you have to remember, ISIS is kidnapping the daughters and wives, uh, the women from some of these family, uh, raping them, taking them as as wives, perhaps even killing them. We really don't know. We, but th- these these people are definitely um, they're victims. They definitely are entitled to refugee status here and and throughout the world. And I think that we need to do our part because we do have the size to accommodate. Well, here's here's my my concern. Okay. I understand that the United States is a great place to live, and we've got a lot of things here, a lot of opportunities that other places, other people in the world do not have. Speaking of 9-11, I really don't remember anyone stepping forward and saying, hey, can we send some of our workers to help clean up New York City and, and help you guys get back on your feet after this attack? Oh, hey, you know, this little storm called Katrina, uh, we know that it caused this huge diaspora of people to move across your country, and it's wiped out one of the major ports in the United States. Why don't we send some of our engineers and some of our people to come and help you now, Who rebuild? are you talking about when you say our? What do you mean? I, I, I'm saying when we had issues here. You said when we had Katrina. Are you saying that? Uh, I don't. Obviously, you do. You have. A, if you're talking about Arab nations, you have a very limited memory. Saudi Arabia sent no. millions of dollars after Katrina. They, uh, Saudi Arabia sent millions of dollars after 9/11. Offered to send people, and a lot of people didn't want their help. Okay. Well, the thing. And that's is, just one example talking, of one country off the top of my head. I can give you the stats in a minute. Millions versus billions, and they make plenty of money off of us. Well, wait, 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 wait. You know, you know, you know, you know. You're calling, here. you're calling, you're calling me. Listening to progressive voices, right? Right. And 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 uh, thank you for listening to that. Um, but I don't know how progressive you, you are, and you don't have to be. We welcome everybody on this program. We have people of every ilk and yeah, don't I'm, even want to be uh, a, ascribed to an ilk. But how come we don't say all Christians come from one country, but we have this ignorant mindset that 1.6 billion people – you know, Saudi Arabia is a different country than Jordan, is a different country than Pakistan, is a different country than Syria. They're different countries, the different cultures, and even though they may – uh, share not even a hundred percent. There are Christians and Jews in almost all of those countries, and, and even though they may share a religion, much like Christians, they have their divisions. We have Baptists, we have Lutherans, and we have Baptists who disagree with other Baptists. You have, you know, you have uh, modern Baptists, and you have old world Baptists, Southern Baptists, you know, African uh, American uh, Baptists. I mean, the list goes on. So, I, I mean, they just to me at 2015, you sound like you're more intelligent than to just group 1.6 billion people and attribute to them uh, to a well, nation. But- Called Saudi Arabia. Intelligent than to say that because we killed Saddam Hussein and finished the job that started with the first Gulf War, with the second Gulf War, that the assassination of Gaddafi with a smart bomb, that the assassination of Osama bin Laden 
in his compound did not spur ISIL, I think, is naive. I think that the death of Osama bin Laden and the death of Gaddafi really spurred things in on. And then when... But if you feel that way, then if you feel if you feel that we if we spurred this, if you feel that we, the United States, regardless of whose regime and regardless of who we took out, put this into play, if if you start the destruction or creation of something, don't you have a responsibility when it's a problem that gets out of hand and involves the world? This is an international problem. Well, it's an international problem. And let me wait. And let me add one more thing. If you're afraid of terrorists, you're gonna have. If somebody is starving. ISIS is going to give them food. I would much rather that we and our allies throughout the world be the one handing them a sandwich than Satan himself in the form of ISIS. Because that is exactly how these terrorist organizations recruit people, when they're vulnerable and when they're desperate. Well, if if you want the U.S. government to support these people, fine. When we're going $18.5 trillion into debt, we've got a debt crisis coming on right now. We've got an economy that is not operating on all cylinders right now. What we need to do is really, Leslie, is have a policy in place that says, hey, you know, if there's an exodus like this, whether it's due to natural disaster or war or whatever, that the United States is going to step up and it's going to change its immigration policies and allow an additional 5,000 people or 10,000 people to come in. Not do this knee-jerk reaction that says, oh, every time there's a crisis, we have to go and solve it. But then when there's a different kind of crisis, which is not necessarily humanitarian, even though what... So you're asking people to be clairvoyant and to write legislation that would encompass any future political humanitarian crisis that hasn't yet happened. At least to, to sit down and say, what is our position with regard to being involved with other countries who are basically? I think it in depends a state on the civil situation. War, civil war. I think it depends on the situation. I, I don't think that you. We disagree there. We do, we disagree on the whole thing. I think here, but we disagree. But I'm glad that you called, and I hope you'll call again because you do sound like an intelligent caller, even though we don't agree. I, I appreciate and I appreciate your call, Jack. Um, and and by the way, it's interesting. Didn't we? Uh, did you just say? No, you said Columbus, not Toledo. The uh, population there. Uh, he, he had said that, Steve. Uh, let's go to Rob in Cincinnati on line three. Um, uh, Rob, I think you agree with Jack. You think that we have already done our fair share to help people and just close our borders, become isolationists, turn our backs, and hope to God we never need help from anybody else, right? Not isolationism. It's just the fact that we have done more than our fair share. As Jack was saying earlier. We are eighteen trillion in debt. We're borrowing money from China. Um, we, are you we, we, are you starving? Because I'm not. Are you star- look at look at the girth of Americans. You really think we're we're starving? I mean, we don't look like you know we don't look like uh, the emaciated we, people during the famines and the droughts in Ethiopia. I mean, we're not a nation that's starving. Let, let, let please let's. T- I got to keep my violin on the case. Let's have a reality check. There are people in this country who go to bed hungry every night, and I don't see many people giving a damn about them, left or right, or doing a damn thing about it. But so, so you're right. We have problems, but we're, we're not suffering anywhere at the level of these refugees or anywhere at the level of people who are even middle class in third world nations are certainly those who are impoverished. We are out of time. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm sorry I interrupted you. It took your last second there. Give us a call back tomorrow on Friday. Who knows if we'll be talking about this. We'll see what happens overnight with the news. And of course, tomorrow we must uh, talk about 9-11. Ah! <laughs> 
how to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.